right, here we are back again. Bill Ingram, Randy Zelia, the Hardwood Huddle. New NBA season right around the corner. Media day this upcoming Monday. So why not have the guys back together, get the band back together, talk a little NBA. I am Randy Zelia from BackSportsPage.com. And with me is the basketball master. He is our Jedi Knight. He is the one and only Bill Ingram. Bill, what's up, buddy? And ready to blow the dust off. Been so focused on baseball season with my Astros. <clears throat> yeah. You know, being the best team in baseball and all that, it's been distracting. But uh, <laughs> I see your Yankees. See, I didn't wear my Astros sweatshirt. I wore my Mavs shirt in deference to covering their media day on Monday, uh, you know, because that'll be fun. But I got to tell you, that talk about blowing the dust off. Uh, media day, I haven't done one of those in a while. It's like oh, you almost have to unretire your uh, your recorder and like what to do yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be something else. Um, yep. You know, you know what's funny is you look at this NBA offseason. I think the, we spoke the last time was right about the time the Kevin Durant trade stuff just oh, yeah. came out, and um, you mm -hmm. look at the the turn of events that has happened during the offseason since then. You know, Durant rescinding the trade request, Kyrie's in, so you know what Brooklyn's going to be doing. Donovan Mitchell making a trade. First, he didn't want the trade. Now he's coming out telling you personally, saying, yo, dude, I'm good. Um, and then you have the drama with, with the Lakers and will the Clippers be healthy. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks sort of standing pat with what, with what they're doing. And then, of course, the news, uh, as we tape this, it is Thursday night. Uh, the 22nd, again, Monday is media day. The Celtics situation just broke a couple hours ago that their, uh, the defending Eastern Conference head uh, champion head coach will may not be with the team at all this year. So, and of course, the situation out in Phoenix as well. So, Bill, if you had to grade the overall NBA offseason here, what do you think you would give it at this point? It's not one that really stood out to me. Uh, it was more about the things that didn't happen than the things that did. Um, the Lakers, obviously desperate to get something done. They, they did not want to start the new season with Russell Westbrook on the roster, although he was their best player last year. Let's not forget to mention that. Um, the whole thing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which is always just bizarre, much ado about nothing. They're going to start the season together and Ben Simmons, you know, we'll see what that group can be. But it seems like the most of the headlines were about things that didn't wind up panning out. Uh, and it's one reason why I've always, always, always had an objection to teams airing their laundry instead of doing things behind closed doors. Even the leak of Ime Yudoka's situation in Boston, it was leaked with no details. And then it spawned all this speculation about who the girl was. And one of the one staff member from the team was getting a bunch of negative press. It wasn't her like just you know, it's it's very irresponsible. Teams need to handle their business behind closed doors. And then when something doesn't happen, it's not a story because it wasn't a story to begin with. Yeah, I don't know. As far as the on the court news that did not happen, like we, we were all speculating that Kevin Durant was wearing 19 different uniforms <laughs> at one point during across the league. Um, you know, it's just it's just the way it is, you know. Um, well, it's embarrassing. I, I tell you what, I love. Sean Mark's uh, decision to just stand pat. I mean, look, you got to say to Kevin Durant, this is your bed. You made this bed. We got you the yeah. player you wanted to play with. We got you the coach you wanted. You wanted Harden gone. He's gone. We brought you a, a healthy and all-world defender who's not going to need the ball. 
we've built this team around you. If you can't win here, you're just not going to win. I mean, well, you know what though? And there's the one thing that a lot of people have not talked about with the situation in Brooklyn. And I, and I think this is fair, whether it's been injuries or player personnel. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong. Those two guys have had their hand in it, but they've also had a string of bad luck with injuries and yep. there's just things, catastrophic things working against them. Look, you and I both said, they would have been better off keeping Levert and Jared Allen and not making yeah. that deal for Harden and mortgaging the house for it. Absolutely. But at the same time, and like, look, you ended up getting Ben Simmons back. If you get half of what Ben Simmons was in Philadelphia, <laughs> it's a win. Like, like, I think, don't get me wrong, I think Ben Simmons is going to come out with a chip on his shoulder wanting to play well. But I also <laughs> think the teams are going to dare, okay, we'll, we'll take risk. Of leaving Ben Simmons's guy, uh, Ben Simmons guy is going to leave to do the double on Kyrie and Durant. We're going to let Ben Simmons beat us. But yeah, the thing is, he can't double Kyrie and Durant. <laughs> you got to choose. <laughs> well, no, but, not, but not only that, but like you know, you and I, I think I, I don't, I don't know if you and I had the opportunity to talk about it, but you look at that lineup now. You have Kyrie, who obviously, when his head is on the right spot, he can be a very, he can be one of the top ten best players in the league. For sure. But you also have Seth Curry. You also have Joe Harris who's going to be back. You have Kevin Durant who's going to be able to yeah. score in bunches. Um, you know, I think the only thing that they're missing is the one thing they had a lot of last year was front court depth, where you yeah. had Blake Griffin, you had Lamarcus Aldridge, Marcus you had, um, yeah. you know, you had, um, you know, Col- uh, was it Col- It was Collison, yeah. You know, um, yeah. you know, you had those guys, but now you just have one, and then you look at the the improvement they need to do on their roster. You know, I, I don't think Griffin has signed anywhere yet at this point. You know, I just think no. they they need to, they need to add depth on the front line. They're going to have enough shooting. That's that's not going to be the that, that's not going to be the problem. Uh, but you know, it's funny we just gave that lineup of those four guys. We didn't even mention Ben Simmons' name. So that yeah. to me is that to me is the crazy part of that whole situation. And he's um, the icing on the cake if he comes back and can play like pre. Whatever, pre-Philadelphia, pre-Meltdown Ben Simmons, ah, they're going to be tough. Really tough. Yeah. Um, just let's stick in the Eastern Conference for a little bit. I don't think there's much to say about the defending champions besides the coach situation. But that's not an on-court issue. That's an off-court issue. They mm-hmm. they they added Danilo Gallinari, and then he gets hurt. And they added um, mm-hmm. Brogdon as well. Yep. But I'm looking at their team, and – were they a situation last season of a team that just got hot at the right time? Because well, you look at their lineup, it doesn't seem like you know, you, you have the three-headed monster with Smart, mm-hmm. uh, Tatum, and Brown, and then same cast of characters. Oh, but Robert Williams doesn't want to start the season on time. He's going to have surgery. He elected now to have that off-season surgery. Didn't make any sense. To me. Boneheaded. I don't think it's a team that got hot at the right time. I think you've got three legit – uh, star caliber players and Jason Tatum. I, this is what has to happen for Boston to get back to the finals. Jason Tatum has to take that experience of the ass kicking he took. When he, I mean, that's a lot of pressure, man. There is no pressure like the NBA finals, especially when you are looked upon as the star player, the franchise guy. And Jason Tatum is that guy. And there were a lot of times last season where he showed it and you're like, yes, this is okay. Tatum has arrived. Then you get to the NBA Finals, and it, he went, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. what? Like, hey, so many players 
have done that. So many great players have choked the first time they get to the finals. The question is now, year two, now that you're you're you've been there and you're back now, are you now have you taken that perspective and turned a page and gone even one step greater? Because that's what Tatum needs to do to be on the level with Steph Curry, to be on the level with Antetokounmpo, to be on the level, you know, the great players in the league. You have to go, okay, I lost. Now this year, you talk about the chip on the shoulder. That's got to be Tatum. He's got to come out wanting to own it. And if he does, Boston's in great shape. I don't care who the coach is. I hope Jalen Brown's feelings are healed after what happened. Uh, I hope they're hurt. I hope they're butt hurt. I hope he comes out pissed off that his name. And there again, why do you leak these things? It, it, it it's detrimental to the team it's detrimental to the players it's detrimental to the players families there is nothing is gained by leaking that stuff to charms and and Wojcicki, blah 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 why i i've never understood um why you don't let the beat writer your local guy should be the guy to break a story when there's a story and not until there is a story well, that's but that's social media one on one. But you also yep. look at it now, yep. too. You know, uh, you know, you said that um, with Jalen Brown and that that type of situation. It's going to be very interesting with what's going to happen with Boston. We'll obviously we're going to monitor it and see where we yep. are. Uh, we we uh, we're going to have we're going to have somebody we're down there. On, yep. We'll have somebody there on Monday to, to give us the uh, the coverage take on it. Uh, two yep. other teams we we got to talk about uh, the Miami Heat. Losing PJ Tucker, um, you and I both said that was sort of like a a, a, great, a golden signing last year, and he's had, mm-hmm. he signed a two year deal with the one year opt out, and now he's in Philadelphia. Miami, I feel like is on borrowed time now with that lineup that they have. They're just not going to be, you know, they're now now that team is just a year older. Jimmy Butler is a year declining, and now no, you're, really. mm-hmm. yeah, it's just I I don't see it. Um, I see them being the number one seed all the way back down to being like the number four or five seed, maybe. I was on the bandwagon last year, man. I thought it was Miami's. I, I thought adding Kyle Lowry was a big uh, win for them. You couldn't predict that Kyle's game would drop off. You know, he's at that age, unfortunately, where players sometimes, man, that year Akeem played in Toronto. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah. Carol Dawson, the uh, the was then the GM of the Rockets, and he he told me I, I begged him to retire. Please stop, you're done. You, you you just don't you don't realize it yet. And then Akeem signed that contract with Toronto, and oh, it was it was bad, disastrous. It was disastrous. And, and no, that wasn't even bad. That was it disastrous. Was, that's yeah. kind of what we saw with Lowry. Now, granted, Akeem needed back surgery really badly, and he opted not to have it. It would have been a terrible surgery. Probably couldn't have played. And, and that was a contributing factor. But Kyle, it's it's that age thing. It, it catches all of us, man. No matter how yeah. good you are, sooner or later, the grim reaper of age comes for you. And last year we saw him come for Kyle Lowry. And I think that window, last year was the window for them. And now, especially losing, P, I mean, P.J. Tucker's not a, a, a game changer. He's a game changer, but not in a franchise player kind of way. Right, right. He's, losing he's... him is additional pain on what was already kind of a tough situation. Yeah. He, I always say that PJ Tucker is the type of guy, he's the garnish on the steak. He's not, the. he's not the main dish. He's the garnish and they're going to, they're going to miss him. They're going to miss that toughness. Uh, Two other teams here in the East, 
you have to keep your eye on. Uh, obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers picking up Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that puts them right in the top four. That puts them right in the top four, maybe even the top three. I think they might be better than Milwaukee. That was um, the comment I was making on Twitter when Damian replied to me and said, man, I'm actually happy here. Because <laughs> yeah. I was telling Tracy Graven was tweeting about it. And I, I said, man, it's, it's too bad that we're hearing that Mitchell's not happy in Cleveland because what an incredible situation for him. Yeah. That, that team could be really good. And that's when he responded and said, Bill, don't, don't believe all that stuff. You know, perfectly happy. I love Cleveland. They've got front court. They've got back court. They've got veteran experience. They've got youth and vigor and <laughs> all the ingredients are there. And you've got a good coach who, who I believe will show that that's all going to come together nicely for them. Uh, again, you, you, we talk about Brooklyn being in that upper elite class of the Eastern Conference with Boston. You have to put Cleveland in that conversation. Hey, there's now there's no guy with the last name of James involved in that too. So that's yeah. Yeah, that's the amazing part. Good, good and a good job on their part. Um, the other two, the other two teams, uh, obviously in the Eastern Conference, got to keep your eye on uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, who made really no offseason upgrades. I, I you and I have said health, health was their only. Right, but the thing is, Middleton and we've, you and I've been saying Middleton and Holiday are not—they're not Robins. They're—they're they're Alfred and uh, Batgirl and, yeah. and Lucius. <laughs> right, Lucius Fox. That's right. And, yeah, and Lucius Fox and the uh, and, and and Alfred. We, meanwhile, Robin is nowhere to be found. Where's Robin? Um, yeah, I, I just don't see it with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is in that five or six spot now, where maybe you even have to go through a playing situation. Because those guys are older. Um, Giannis obviously is one of the greatest players in the league right now. Probably number still, two. Yeah. But you know what, though? I'm still You're not sold until. Yeah, I think he still needs, he needs to develop that jump shot, that mid range jumper. I got still Steph and Luca. Steph and Luca are one and two. Maybe not in that order this year. Yeah, I, and I'm going to ask you about where LeBron fits in that conversation still, but. Uh, but before Doesn't we even <laughs> before we get there, I uh, <laughs> um, and then you know you still have the Atlanta Hawks too with adding Devontae mm -hmm. Murray to add help to Trey Young. You know this is now going into the second time where the uh, Hawks have sort of revamped their roster to try and give you know Trey help, and it's it seems like it's not working too well. Thing about Dejounte Murray, I'm going to be really interested to watch his game because he claims that Popovich's system was holding him back. He's not, and LaMarcus Aldridge said the same thing when he was there. Pop's system is not designed to spotlight one guy and let that one guy show off. Even when they had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, it wasn't just one, even though oh, Tim was, was the best. It was a total team. It was, it was very much a team concept. And Murray had some awfully big things to say about himself in the exit from San Antonio and how he's just so good and he's too good for the, okay, let's see. Let, Cause now you're in a situation where they, the Hawks need you to be that good. Yeah. Let's see. Let's go, man, I, get me some popcorn and sit me down. I'm, I'm ready to watch and see just how good he's going to be. Again, are you Batman? Are you Robin or are you Lucius or are you uh, mm -hmm. Alfred? And that's really what it comes down to. Or, yep. or are you, or are you commissioner Gordon? What, what are you, yeah. what are you doing? Right. Even Trey Young, you know, Trey Young puts up great numbers, but he hasn't figured out winning yet. And there's a difference. Uh, certainly the most famous person that had to learn that did Michael Jordan, man, he'd come out and drop 50. They'd lose. 
He had to figure out team. Hakeem, I will never forget when Hakeem figured out team. There was a stretch in 1993. Don Chaney was the head coach, and he missed a whole bunch of games, and the Rockets kept winning without him. And when he came back, he told Don Chaney, I'll come off the bench. I, you guys are doing great. I don't want to interfere with the winning ways. That, and, of course, Chaney said, there ain't no way you're coming off the bench. <laughs> but that was when Akeem learned the value of passing, the value of trusting your teammates. It's an important lesson for a young player to learn. And, and I don't know if Trey Young – I don't know players, if he learned it yet. There's a couple players in the league who need to learn that lesson. You know, yeah. I – I, I honestly think that Embiid needs to learn that lesson. That brings us a great segue to Philadelphia. But, like, yeah. I, I look at Philly, man, and I'm I, I'm just not buying it. I'm, I'm not buying hard in Embiid. And now you're, you're apparently they're doing Rockets East with P.J. Tucker there. And, you know, <laughs> you know I just – like I'm just – I'm looking at that team, and I'm sitting there going, man, I am – like, maybe it's just me. I'm just down on the – down on Philly. I just don't see it. I don't either. And the number one reason why is James Harden is there and James Harden has not been a positive. Uh, the last year, the last thing he did for Houston was run off Chris Paul. That was when the Rockets began rebuilding, even though it was another year before they officially dumped everything. But when you run off Chris Paul, one of the great playmakers in the game who then immediately took his team to the finals, um, you know, that's, James Harden is not somebody you talk about team culture um, and you look at the fact that the rules changed and Harden didn't adjust his game to account for some of those rules changes, especially regarding traveling and how you draw a foul and the things that his game benefited from. And he was not able to look at tape or didn't try. I don't know. Maybe he was in a strip club that night, but he didn't look at tape and analyze. He didn't know how to use the, he didn't know, he didn't know how to use the iPad. I just think I remember to hit the play button. What? You know, I don't... Because the great players adjust. Olajuwon <laughs> redefined his game every night. Jordan, Kobe, you know, the great players would take what was coming, rules changes, offense, defense, all the things that changed, and they would adjust. And Harden didn't adjust, and I, and he too has passed his prime. And I think we're at a point where that team is built as if Harden was MVP Harden and Embiid, may, I mean, he is an MVP candidate. He's, he's an amazing player, but – Tobias Harris. I mean, you have, I would almost, if I could trade James Harden for Seth Curry, I'd have a much better feeling about Philadelphia <laughs> because I think Tobias Harris can play the Robin role. I think Tucker Embiid, but with James Harden, you've got a guy. You just don't just, know what you're getting. Yeah. You don't I have know what no you're faith in him. I don't have faith in him off the court. There's going to be stuff he's doing that is detrimental to the team. And I don't have faith in his decision-making on the court either. No, definitely not. Um, and then you had the play-in teams from last year and the teams that are, uh, I guess, not in our discussion, like a team like the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, mm -hmm. They're interested in making some moves to help give more help for LaMelo Ball. Uh, apparently yeah. Gordon Hayward is not a, a solid number two for them. I don't, I would never have seen that coming. Uh, so with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, sorry to all the Hornets fans are going to be watching. Um, <laughs> I, I really love the, I really do love their franchise, but I do uh, I'd, I'd love for them to be good. The other thing you got the Michael Bridges situation. Yeah. yeah. It's, <sighs> you know, the Knicks, the Knicks are not going to do anything for you. The, you know, I'm, yeah. And mm -hmm. I, of course, I'm saying this as I'm on the cusp of going to the Knicks camp, and I'm like, "Oh, send over your latest podcast." Oh, you guys are not doing anything this year. Yeah, um, <laughs> like, no, it's no I, mystery. I, 
I don't no. think that's a mystery to anybody. Well, but you know, the thing is with the New York right now, though, is you have to pick a direction. Are you going towards your youth or you want to keep on bringing veterans in to try to be competitive now? It's okay to add for a few years and develop talent and keeping talent together than to uh, try to keep mortgaging the uh, future every three years to try and get a winning team in that moment. I understand that the NBA usually seems a little bit more uh, lively and excited when the Knicks are good. But at the same time, look, we're talking about a, this, this team in the last – since the 2000-2001 season. I actually looked this stat up, Bill, and it is scary. They have won a total of one playoff series. Mm-hmm. One playoff series since the 2000-2001 series. And they've only made the playoffs five times. Yep, and it won't be this year. And it's because not going to be this year. They make such – I mean, they make decisions – Look, Jalen Brunson's a nice player. Don't I'm here here I am. He he was great for Dallas because he played with Luca. Jalen Brunson is not Batman. He's no. just not. And you paid him. You treated him the way they pursued him. It was like they were pursuing LeBron or they were, you know, like they're pursuing Michael Jordan. That's not who Jalen Brunson is. He's a nice player. He's too small. They wanted to put him with Damian Mitchell. In a backcourt league, you want the two smallest guys. Like Damian Mitchell needs to, needs to make that, or Donovan Mitchell needs to make that transition to point guard. Really, in my opinion, to be effective, he has court vision. You can't play two guys that small. You can't no. start them in the backcourt. You're going to get killed every it, night. It doesn't make any sense. And you know, like they're 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 still planning on featuring Julius Randle. They oh, they gave R.J. Barrett a lot of money during the yeah. offseason. They have some guys who are going to be giving money to like quickly and uh, quickly. And, you know, it just, I'm looking at their lineup and I'm like, this, there's nothing here. Look, Thibodeau has a way of bringing out the best in guys and get them to run through a wall for him. But at the same time, this is, I don't know if this is going to, this is going to work out well. Um, Other teams on the bottom half, obviously the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, Mm -hmm. uh, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit seems like they're trying to really make a lot of moves. Um, yeah, I'm looking interested to see the next act of Kate Cunningham to see what he's able mm-hmm. to do this year. Um, didn't win rookie of the year last year. So, I, you know, it's, I want to see how he on how he develops um, the Toronto Raptors, another team we really haven't discussed. And they made a lot of noise last year, too. Another year, uh, Scotty Barnes going into his second year. Can he re- yep. recover from the injuries? Um, I, you know, I think I love they, Siakam. I, I'm. I love Siakam. I mean, what a <laughs> that's yeah. a great if he can he's another one. If he can take the next step, he's gonna win you some ball games. They just don't they don't have the pieces around him yet. Uh and I, I, I'm just wondering if Sackham can be a real number one. That's the real, real that, question. Well, that's, that's the question. Is he? Yeah. That that's what they the Raptors, the big question for the Raptors is is he the guy? Is there another step? that he's going to take this year developmentally. He's still young. Has he got another notch to kick it into? And if he does, Toronto is going to be interesting. And if he doesn't, you're in that also ran category where you probably make the playoffs and then you're not there for very long. Yeah, I know. I agree with that totally. Uh, you know, obviously, when we go more into our NBA previews, we're going to invite the uh, the staff writers from BackSportsPage.com to come on and break down their teams. And obviously, we'll discuss Orlando and Indiana and some of these other teams a little bit more, mm-hmm. the ones that uh, we're on the outside looking in. Let's 
give a quick uh, brief shot at the West real quick. Um, you know, I look around the league and, and in the Western Conference. I look around that Western Conference, and a team I think everyone's got to watch out for is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans if Zion Williamson can return and be able to contribute. You have C.J. McCollum there. You have Brandon Ingram there. You have a nice team that can compete and possibly possibly climb up and get out of the playing round. I was talking about them earlier on Twitter. I said if I if I believed in Zion Williamson, I would put them right there with Dallas and Golden State and maybe Memphis as the best teams in the conference. The thing is, Zion, I hate to say this, but it's just as likely that he's going to come out and get injured again and miss a whole bunch more games. And I only say that because in the league we have seen talented big men who have feet problems miss a bunch of games, come back, miss a bunch more games, come back, miss a bunch, and they never – I mean, Yao Ming is one of the more recent examples of this. They they just never seem to get it going. And at this point, Zion Williamson needs to have a really good season. He needs to play a lot of games and put up big numbers. If he does, the Pelicans look great, but I've seen too many times Ralph Sampson, too many um, Greg Oden – yeah. Bill Walton, like it's too many guys that have those foot problems. It just, it, I hope not. I hope that's not what happens. I hope for the sake of those young guys, uh, for the sake of Griff, uh, for the whole organization, I hope he's healthy. I hope he lives up to the potential. Whew, but man, it's, it's tough to bet on that. I'm also looking forward to watching uh, Grumpy Old Men. I mean, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, <laughs> um, I'm really looking. You can't get healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Patrick. But Beverly. they got Schroeder back, man. Yeah. Schroeder's ready. To go. He's ready to prove, like you know, Dennis said, "Let's let's go." Nobody understood me in Houston. Let's go. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm like. The Lakers are going to be. It's just that's going to be must must see TV. Get the popcorn ready, or maybe not. Maybe maybe we're saying it's must TV. Maybe it's going to be a horror movie. You just don't just don't know. <laughs> um, I think the wild card team in the Western Conference, like, might be the Clippers, just because you don't know what you're going to get a Kawhi and Paul George, and then you add John Wall to it, and then you still have Reggie Jackson there. You have a lot of uh, fun things going on there with the Clippers, if fully healthy. Top three team in the East in the, in the Western Conference. Uh, injuries lag. We're looking back at playing tournament type of thing. Here's the thing: when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both, when they signed both of them, I wrote at the time that this is re- this is redundant. You've signed two of the same player. Exactly. They, they don't they don't complement each other at all, and they never have. When they've both been healthy, that team doesn't look as good as when one or the other of those two guys has been injured. I'll say the same thing about Kawhi that I said about Zion. Man, he's missed a lot of games. I mean, he has missed a lot of games. Now, he's not a big man, but he misses a ton of games. How long is it going to take him to get his timing back? I'd be shocked if he steps on the court and makes an impact in the first, like, two months, like, consistently. Will he have a game here and there? Yeah, probably. But then does he get hurt again? Some mystery injury that no one understands except his uncle and – Nobody's really sure where he is. He, we think he's rehabbing. Is he? I don't know. Where's he been? That, man, that's, that is tough, tough, tough. It's tough to build your team. It's tough to coach your team when you have a guy like that. And I, just like I said with James Harden, I'm, I wouldn't have Kawhi Leonard on my team. 
I want somebody who's all in, who's going to play through injuries, who is team first, who's here to win, and top priority is winning with this team, not some other agenda like Kyrie Irving. Like, we don't know what his agenda is. He's not here. We don't know where his head is. He's in the game, but he sucks. What the hell's going on? We don't know. Ah, I don't think you can win with that going on, especially not when it's your star player. Listen, Kawhi Leonard showing up to camp this week with a hello, my name is name tag because nobody right. knows who he is. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and so many guys on the team are going to be like, Kawhi, who, how do you say your first name? Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> um, two other teams before we wrap up here. Obviously, we, you know, we're not going to be able to dive into the whole West tonight. Um, Man, did the Memphis Grizzlies put a target on their back going into this season? You know, they came out of nowhere last year and sort of rocked yep. the league. Now, one, Marad centuries, yep. he has to be healthy. And two, they're not going to be able to come out of nowhere and shock people this year. That's it. Well, I think when Morant was injured, you saw the team step up, and that's great. That's what you want to see. You want to see the depth. You, you don't want to see a team just completely roll over when their best player goes down because that's going to happen. Man, the rest of that team stepped up. They've got so many amazing pieces. I thought when they offered all those guys to to uh, New Jersey or to Brooklyn for KD, I was like, "Damn!" But it was better for the long term growth of the team that they stay that they didn't make that deal. So what you mentioned is perfect. This team, they're not coming as a surprise to anyone. In fact, they're going to be not. They won't have the targets that Golden State has, but there will be targets. And how does a young team? deal with that how does you know their composure is going to be huge it's going to be a a real crucible for Jean Morant but I think that young man is up to the challenge he is he's special we've all seen it and I believe he there's no question he has another level that he's going to get to and I think we'll see that this year is it good enough to get past Luca is it good enough to get past Steph Mm, maybe not but they're going to be right there yeah they're going to be there and the last team I think we'll dive into here. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do two more. We'll do, we'll do the Phoenix Suns. Just, again, I think that might be one of those things where it might be time to break up the band. Um, make some sort of changes. Uh, because Devin Booker and Chris Paul, as a dynamic of a backcourt it is, Chris Paul's another year older. And mm-hmm. Booker, you know, I, when I look at him, I see a guy who can score in bunches. He reminds me, like, in that sense of – not obviously not the strip clubs and all the other nonsense that James Harden does, but <laughs> no, I look at I, <laughs> I look at Booker and I look at him as a guy who just he can score in bunches, but he just can't win the big one. Yep, well that could be, but you've got to be put back in that situation. And I think um, the big question is Chris Paul. I like Cameron Payne. He's a one of the better backup point guards in the league. He, he you can't start if you're going to get to the finals. He can't be your starter not against the elite point guards that you're going to face. That's above his pay grade. If Chris Paul is healthy when the playoffs start, I love Phoenix. Uh, Is DeAndre Ayton going to play with the chip on his shoulder because he didn't get that max deal that, I mean, my God, I wouldn't have given it to him. Anyway, it's not that league anymore. But if he got that chip on his shoulder, he's very capable of carrying a huge part of the offensive load, unlike so many of the starting centers in the league today. He can do that. So do you lean on him a little bit more? It changes the dynamic of the team a little bit. It certainly opens up the court for Booker. Uh, I mean, you can't afford I love the – there are some really good pieces there. The question is Chris Paul. He's the one. He's the 
difference between them being good and them being back in the finals. I don't see them getting there. I don't think he has that much gas left in the tank. He's not Kyle Lowry yet, but he also isn't Chris Paul that we've all loved for so many years. Yeah, that's very true too. And I guess we're going to throw the last two out there. Obviously the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Look, Clay is not Clay right now. Um, I think maybe we have to look at, I'll use the football analogy like Saquon Barkley. He came back last season after injury, but he was very, very timid. Clay had every right to be timid. Uh, yep. Got a little nervous. You saw, you saw signs of it. Hopefully, this yep. year we'll get normal Clay back and we'll mm-hmm. be able to, to get there. Um, the other thing too is, for all the praise and all of the positive love that Steph Curry gets, he wasn't knocked down, drag out, you know, lights out Steph Curry during the finals. Jordan Poole took a lot of that. Yeah, Jordan Poole. I, that was one of those things where you're sitting there saying, well, maybe Jordan Poole deserves the NBA Finals thing, but it's a lot sexier to give it to Steph Curry. Well, I wish, yeah. You know, Steph Curry is the darling of the league. He's, the, he's an amazing person off the court. He's he's an amazing person on the court. He has His family is great. Like, he's the guy you want to be the face of the league in every way possible. And that, I think, is one of – that is such a strength for the Warriors – um, who he is, what he represents, not only as a player, but as a person. But I do think Jordan Poole is going to have a whole lot to do with how far they get, if they can get back to the finals. I agree with you on that. And the other th- question too, is whether uh, James Wiseman's will be able to come back and, and be able to mm-hmm. contribute mm-hmm. to that team. Factor at all. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Well, he didn't even play last season. Uh, and, and then, the, and I guess the final one, uh, you're wearing the shirt, so let's talk about yeah. it. The Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks. I'm beginning as great as Luca is as a player, and maybe we'll try and get Mark Followell back on before the season starts. Sure. I'll talk to him and, on Monday. Yeah, and well, we'll see if he can come back on. I'm beginning like right now. They've been trying to bring in a bunch of different second options with Luca. They bought in Christoph Porzingis, which didn't work. They've had some other pieces in there that that have not worked. Is Luca one of those guys where you know it's hard to find that right mix for it? Is it a big man? Is it another guard? What do you need to pair Luca with to have that one-two punch? Because like right now, I feel like it's like the island, the island, Allen Iverson type of offense where it's the one-four. A guys mm-hmm. just be where, be ready to contribute where you need to, but the ball's going to be in my hands type of mentality. Your if take I on put, if I could put any player in the league. As his number two, it would be Brandon Ingram. Yeah, that's I, a good. That would actually be a great. I think, answer. man, if you can put him on the, they're on opposite sides of the court, and Brandon can take over a game when called upon and when put in that position, and Luca's going to do it most of the time. That being, obviously, that's a pie in the sky. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. But I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I think the whole thing with Jalen leaving and the Mavs were desperately trying to find another point guard, and I'm screaming. Mark, you've already got him. It's Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, you don't need it. You've already, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming back. He's healthy. And so the Mavs were forced to do what they never do, which is address their actual biggest need. The reason they lost to Golden State more than anything else was rebounding. Well, look what they did. They got Christian Wood. They got JaVale McGee. All of a sudden, they can bang. They can rebound. If Christian Wood will... 
you know, go, oh, wait, we're going to try to win now. He was brought to Houston to win. And then they traded the rest of the team. And then they criticized his play. Well, you brought him in to compete. And then you, <laughs> he, he got left holding the flavor of the month stick in the bus league, right? Like yeah. uh, Bull Durham. So I'm very interested. We know who JaVale McGee is. He's going to bang. He's going to board. I, I'm really interested to see what Christian uh, becomes. Christian Wood becomes with Jason Kidd in a winning situation with Luca. And look, Luca got the message about coming in out of shape. If you saw him in EuroLeague, this guy is ready to come be the man in oh, all I, and, and a taste and a taste of almost getting to the finals yep. keeps him motivated. And look, right. da- Dallas is gonna be a team to watch. Um, I think Obviously, Memphis and New Orleans yep. are all teams to watch. The Lakers, it's just, you know, you, you don't want to watch me. You can't help but stare. You'd be watching them, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, the the Warriors are going to be must-see TV as well. Yep. So, Bill, good first show back. We've been uh, we've been away from it a long time. I was almost going to wear my hello, my name tag was. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, we're going to be back a lot more often. We'll be back here, actually, uh, next week. Taping yep. another episode. We'll be drop taping Thursdays or dropping Fridays. We're going live Thursdays. But next week we'll maybe we might have a guest or two. And we're getting ready for the 2022-2023 NBA season. Bill, it feels good to be. It's like putting on an old pair of jeans. It just feels right. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? It's gonna be like, like walking into American Airlines Center after several years away where you're like, oh, the smell. I remember this. This is oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and they're gonna say, Mr. Ingram is back. Mr. Ingram is back. Get his oh, normal table. That, but <laughs> you see Mark yeah. Mark Cuban's be waiting for you with open arms. Bill's back. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly Rolando Blackman and Derek Harper will greet me like that. But <laughs> yeah, they're, they're gonna be like, did you ditch that co-host yet or what? <laughs> so all right, but we'll be, we'll be back next week. For uh, for Bill Ingram, the basketball master, to myself, Randy Zellier from BackSportsPage.com, this has been the Hardwood Huddle. We'll see you next week.